0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couch Politics. My name is Justin, and today I am being joined by four commentators, the most we've ever had on the podcast at one time. And uh, you'll know their voices. That is Daniel, Sergio, Alberto, and Manny. And uh, today we'll be talking about uh, Joe Biden's candidacy, which he has just recently announced. That's today. We're recording on Thursday. And we'll also be talking about an issue that came up uh, at a town hall, well, a couple town halls, Um, I think it was this past Monday, for the Democratic uh, nominees. Uh, Well, people looking to get the Democratic nominee. And so we'll be talking about that today. And I just want to remind you that you can reach out to us at CouchPoliticsTalk at gmail.com with any questions or concerns. Or you can reach out to us on Twitter. That is at couch. So um, I want to thank you all for listening. And I want to thank all my commentators for being here today.
1: Uh, Thank you for having us.
0: Thank you, thank you. All right, so let's first get into uh, your thoughts on Joe Biden. We all knew that he was going to announce his candidacy. We just didn't know when, and now he has officially joined the race. Uh, So what are your guys' thoughts on Joe Biden and what his candidacy means to the race? Uh, Let's start with you, Sergio.
2: All right. Just for starters, I think, like, I I might have said this before, but to me, Joe Biden is just kind of like a symbol of the past. Like when people think Joe Biden, they don't think Joe Biden. They think Obama and anything good that administration ever did. So, I mean, I don't know like how different Biden is going to be from what, um, say, policies were like when he was serving as a vice president. I personally don't think he's necessarily qualified. I think he's qualified by association the same way Hillary was qualified by association it's like she, he has the right names he's associated with so that's why people will give him merit and attention i personally don't know how qualified or unqualified he is but i really think he's just kind of riding the train of legacy that's my own opinion on him
0: okay manny what's your what's your thoughts
3: you have to realize that he's tried running for president so many times before and and so like there was a reason why America, like, like ever voted for him then. Mm. Um, and he's still the same person. You know, like, why? Because he became vice president, which wasn't, like, it's not like an elected um, position. Well, I guess technically like it is an elected position because people vote for you on the ballot. But, like, pretty much if it wasn't for Obama, I think vice president um, Joe Biden would never have, like, all this attention um, that he currently has now. Um, Like, that is a reason why America didn't vote for him then, and he's still the same person. I don't think his ideas really have changed, or maybe America's ready for his ideas now. I don't know, but, like, I'm still not jumping on the Biden train. Like, I typically don't jump on trains just because someone is popular. I actually want to hear the the person's ideas first. So that's kind of my thought.
0: Okay, Daniel?
3: Well, so my initial thought and
4: reaction is that, well, I kind of hoped that he wasn't going to run because in 2016, people were expecting him to run and he didn't. And it was just really annoying to have to hear CNN, like during CNN debate with Bernie and Hillary, like they had an extra podium saying, Listen, Joe. If you ever want to come by, swing by here. We'll give you a seat. And it was just really annoying to see Joe Biden, without even trying, being this over, this overshadowing figure uh, in in these elections. And what do I actually think about him? I mean, I think he represents the um, a, a more center a centered view of uh, the Democratic Party. I don't know if he will bring if you if he's the right person to lead the party as it, as the party undergoes um, the Bernie Sanders revolution. Uh, I mean, as the new generation of Democrats become more and more left leaning. I mean, I think he he represents the, the old establishment uh, democratic party trying to pull back against this uh, left leaning uh, new freshman uh, democratic party. And I also think that when it comes, what I've learned is that in terms of his relationship with the Senate, Joe Biden is beloved. So I do know that if he became president, um, he would not have much of a problem. I mean, I would be surprised if he had a a problem with the Senate or dealing with the Senate, because a lot of people in the Senate like Lindsey Graham consider him a a dear friend. I don't know about Mitch McConnell because I, I don't, I don't even know if there's like a heart cavity. Huh. Like, okay. I just, like, it, there's just no cavity. Like, But I why? I just, I, I just, that well, be- oh, man. Um, yeah.
0: so well, before you, you get into that, let's hear what Alberto has to say about, uh, what do you think about Joe Biden's candidacy? Uh,
1: I'm going to reiterate something that Daniel said, um, as far as Joe Biden being the establishment candidate, um, I am also hesitant to join the uh, Joe Biden train. Um, but I'm also very aware that it's a candidate that has a lot of support coming right out of the gate. I think that Joe Biden's support um, from other politicians gives him the advantage of having uh, someone to lean on. And not only that, but he's seen as somebody who is um, and has served in the military, Um And with a large portion of our population, especially from the right, um, holding military, uh, holding a military position, um, and being in in essence a war hero, um, has a lot of political weight. Um, on top of this, um, I think statistically he's more popular amongst, uh, the black community than a lot of other candidates. Um, not in comparison to someone like Cory Booker, but, um, in in comparison to someone like Bernie Sanders, um, Just statistically, Um, what is yet to be seen is what differentiates him on a policy basis. Um, I am unaware of any unique aspects to the policy.
0: basically uh, none of you are really enthusiastic about, or it seems like you're not really enthusiastic about, um, Joe Biden. Uh, I myself, I'm probably, uh, in the same vein. Um, uh, most Democrats actually, if they're looking for a candidate that they think can beat Trump, there was a poll recently, I forget. Um, I think I read it in the CNN. There was a poll recently done where they asked Democrats who plan to vote, um, if they were voting for someone who they thought could be elected, basically someone who thought they could be Trump, who was the candidate they would vote for? And the candidate that had the most was Joe Biden. Hmm. Um, if you were voting for someone whose values you agreed with, which basically means you hear what they're saying and uh, you agree with what they're saying, if people value that more. It was Bernie Sanders who would was who most voters would, would take um and so it seems like people if you're just looking for someone who you think can go on the on the stage beat trump um you're definitely looking at joe biden and saying okay so basically if all the other candidates like kind of like fail and stumble during the democratic nomination process at least i have joe biden who i think can beat trump at the end um yeah. I want to, um,
1: I want to support this statement as well. Um, my mother works with a, a lot of elderly people and they represent a lot of the older generation. Um, and what I could tell from what she was hearing from these people was that they support Joe Biden because they think he can win and their support for him is so adamant that they were able, they were willing to, uh free write a check, um, to Joe Biden, even before he announced. It. Wow. Um, so you see, you see a lot of support from all um, the generations who, who are tied to this essentially the political establishment, or um, or who, who know Biden um, because of his age. So I definitely uh, see a lot of personal validation in that statistic uh, that
0: Justin read out. Okay. Um, here's, here's, yeah, definitely.
3: Go ahead. Here's my. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I don't know. Like, my biggest fear of all this again, I know that Bernie Sanders now has more support. So I guess you can put Bernie Sanders in. But like, Joe Biden is starting to seem to me like, you know, like Hillary Clinton four years ago, where he's kind of this, you know, like the chosen one type candidate. And I think that's dangerous because I always, because I feel like the, like chosen one strategy has not really worked. Um, mm. Like most of the time, the chosen one by the party, by the Democratic Party, is not the one that like people really um, connect to. Like at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, right. like I know Joe Biden's more personable like than Hillary Clinton, but he now he has some sort of baggage on himself with the whole. Females thing, and trust me, the moment he starts running, more things are gonna come up. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like that's just what I'm thinking about. It's like, is he gonna be the next like Hillary Clinton, and where he's the chosen one? But then, you know, like people are forced to vote for someone who they don't really want as their president, but um, the Democratic Party does. So that's my biggest fear. Yeah, mm.
2: yeah. My my own concern with uh Biden and I'm a look, look I'm going to say this right now and I keep it on record okay <sighs> Trump is going to get reelected and we're going to hit the same cycle again and it's because Democrats are not realizing that they need to stop playing the game all right Trump doesn't play the game they need someone that can talk smack and shut him down they keep going with this chosen one strategy they keep going with the social movement stuff. Listen, there's space for the social movements. There's space for that, but right now, it's I, I see like the way we're choosing our like nominees as like sim- symptoms of a system that maybe it doesn't need to be like redone, but something is not working if this is how we're choosing our leaders. Like something needs to be reevaluated. I'm not talking about completely redo the thing because that doesn't work either, but like if this is what it comes down to, that they're always picking the shiniest of like two pieces of you know then maybe this isn't a good system we need to stop thinking about establishment or non-establishment because to me it seems every time we go the establishment everybody loses that's what happened with hillary and i'm with Manny. i think we're going through the chosen one mentality again maybe biden is different say maybe biden won it would be different but the way i see it right now none of these candidates are promising that can go up against Trump because even though he's not qualified in the traditional sense, he's managed to go up against all these guys like a big bully and he shuts them down every time.
0: Which is which is quite concerning because um for example, uh Elizabeth Warren, after her town hall that she had, all of a sudden I've seen all these people come out to Wilbur's and say, Oh yeah, I think I, I like Elizabeth Warren. Of course she promised like student debt forgiveness and, um, like I'm trying to support HBCUs. So like, of course, like all the people at student debt were like, oh, oh yes. You know? So the thing is, is that if she makes it onto a national level, meeting Trump on a debate stage, it, it just seems like that's the that's best. She's going to take that L, you know, murder just because yeah. he's such a bully. and He already has ammo on her. It's not even like he has to put effort into it. He's already needled her about the whole focus Honda thing
1: withdrawing strongly push push back against both uh, both of those statements, um, specifically about uh, the idea of there needing to be a personality that beats Trump, um, because when it comes to, and I'm going to use two, two things uh, to support this point. Um, one of these is uh, how how do you predict um, that a presidential candidate will win? Um, and one of the longest standing um, levels of prediction is um, the idea that the party decides because ultimately you are in voting for president, you're voting for your representative to vote for president. Right. Sure. So
2: that's, right. that's the way
1: that our, um, political, uh, voting process works. And due to that, um, your representative has a lot of power when it comes to, um, having a conversation and pushing, um, information to their constituents. Um, and statistically speaking, um, for the, the candidate with the most uh supporting them throughout um the election process is the candidate that wins um and that's true i think um something on the order of uh, more than 70 percent of the time um so when it comes to like choosing an establishment candidate um statistically speaking if you're talking about a winning strategy that is a winning strategy um furthermore I would push back against the sentiment that um, Trump is going to win because there isn't a strong persona against uh, a, a Trump character. I, I think that 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 pushes back against the values of um, of the American people. Like people decide um, on policies, um, and it doesn't seem like that when it comes to the presidential election last uh, um, last season or in 2016. Um, but a lot of people are either one policy voters, so they think specifically support one policy or a lot of people um, are uh, very aware of the policies that each party puts out. Um, so the idea that Trump will win just because he's good at having uh, contentious uh, conversations doesn't
3: seem right to me. All right. Well, that's not
2: well, let me rephrase well, that. that. That wouldn't be the only reason he would win, but I'm also looking at it like I, I would agree with you in, in like the regular game. I don't think he's playing the regular game though. That that that's my issue with it. I don't think the regular rules are yeah. applying here and I'm also going with the fact that presidents tend to get reelected. Do I want him there? No. But just the way I'm seeing the conventions going and you know part of it is my intuition but I just don't think the usual game rules are being played. So maybe that'll apply in another like 8 years but the way I see it right now is those rules are kind of out of the game for the time being.
3: Well, I disagree. I would disagree strongly too. I would push and, and
1: state, like, put a stake, like, uh, as you did, that Trump isn't going to get reelected. Like, I, I see a lot of people talking about policies, and I see a lot of people talking about um, the presidency. So, I um, to me, that means that there's going to be. a lot of
3: Looking at things like from a democrat's like point of view, I feel like Democrats care about policy. I feel like Democrats care about the actual like intelligence of a person. but for middle America and the you know Midwest and the South, they could give a rat 's ass about like policy. What they care about is, am I going to have food on my table so there 's a candidate in the democratic side that presents that message and it's not talking about social justice and it's not talking about support for the LGBT community, which they should des- um, deserve support. I'm not saying they shouldn't, but people in those states don't give a rat to ass about s- social justice policy or none of that. At the end of the day, it's like, hey, if, like, is the economy good now? Is is the, uh, do I have a job at the end of the day? Yeah, in this area, we're like, yeah, like everyone here cares about policy. like oh, like everyone here is like so pissed off about Trump. But like, I can't tell you if that's the case in Tennessee. Like I haven't been to Tennessee this past year to tell you the people there feel the same way. I'm not saying this to defend Trump or saying that Trump should be president again. I'm saying this that we have to also not be, you know, like delusional to the fact that America has the same beliefs that, like, that we do. Um, and also this notion that, yeah, the whole country agrees that Trump sucks. Well, back when Trump was running, I think he was polling at 30-something percent. But at the end of the day, I think the job message that resonated through people. Mm. And it can be the same thing again, where it, like people might look at Trump in the next election and say, oh, well, this guy is crazy. We only agree with what he says. But goddamn, now I'm getting... Now I have some sort of job now. Look at the economy. and And even... Like, if they haven't been affected by the economy, they're still going to look at the economy like, hey, look, the economy's up. Hey, listen, like, like I personally don't care that he offends people because I'm white. I'm a (laughs) white male from Kentucky. What do I care? I just want food. So I'm just saying, like, we can't also say for certain. We can't say certain on both sides that, but Trump does have, like, an advantage because, like, every current president does while they're running for re-election, this notion too that he has no chance in this one. And also like, there's people who actually don't believe that Trump is a bad president, believe it or not. Um, there's people who see the whole Russia, like this whole Russia thing as a hoax, even though it's like true, you know, mostly true. You know, not everyone sees things the same way like, as we do here. So. That's all I'm saying that we can't also say like people care about policy because not like everyone cares about policy. America, to be honest, like isn't smart enough to gear about policy well, as a whole. Well,
0: this is the I think the, the thing that needs to be like more important is is, is whoever the Democratic Party picks uh, for the nominee, which you know, we're we're considering Joe Biden. Do you think that he will make it to the nominee stage? Because that's where he has to get to first. Um he has to beat out all the other people in his arena. And so far, it's for me, from looking from the outside in, the only candidate that's really been pushing some detailed policies out there, I mean, Joe Biden so far I haven't heard any really detailed policies. Um, it has been Elizabeth Warren, but she isn't really getting um, I think as much attention policy-wise as she should be. Mm-hmm. Like, so, Daniel, you have you have anything to say? I mean, you haven't heard from yeah, you in a while. Yeah. Um, mm. I mean, I I think
4: I'll, I I was thinking about what, who, I guess, I think what the most important thing to think about during election season is swing states, because typically Democrats and Republicans don't branch out to the, to the, to like Republicans don't really try to win democratic strongholds and vice versa. But the swing states are kind of what people try to try to influence. And the swing states Seem to be the same states that that vote based off of like jobs and stuff. Like let's say the what is it, Ohio, Iowa, Florida, 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 Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, and um, a lot of these states have in common that that um, Trump promised them a return of their factory jobs, and I'm just thinking about. Um, whoever the nominee has to be, whoever the nominee will be, they will have to do better when it comes to reaching out to those people who've been disenfranchised by the uh, the globalization of, of our economy. And I think that Joe Biden would have a difficult time doing that unless he adopts some of the policies that um, that I've heard other people um, uh, talk about. I think with, with Joe Biden... I think he, I don't know, I think he, he, he probably represents more of a globalized economy that would threaten the people that, that went to Trump. And I think that Democrats really got to focus on, on those people who, the, you know, the people who voted for Obama and Trump are people who voted because of jobs. Uh, whoever is going to be the nominee for the Democrats has to, has to reach out and find real political solutions. Well, real solutions to the people who have been disenfranchised in the swing states. And um, I don't know if Joe Biden really is going to do it. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I do think that if if the media starts to create media-driven narratives for their preferred candidates, the the uh, you know, like how they did with Hillary. I think the Democrats will lose. Um, yeah. I, I fear because Joe Biden is a self self-descri- self-describes himself as not a populist, and so he there is not going to be a grassroots movement under Joe Biden, um, unless he dramatically changes his tone of voice. But so I have no idea. And as far as who's going to be the candidate, I have no idea. Well, it's, I mean, I think that that people have to start dropping out as soon as. As soon as um, Iowa and New Hampshire vote, uh, you know, you got to start seeing these people drop out like flies. Like, you got to let um, the bigger boys or girls accumulate their votes to to like, you know, don't split the vote in, within the party. Just have like a few people running. But All I right. Think we should probably move on.
0: Yeah. So uh, with that, uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get into the second part of the podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, so we're going to get into the second part of our podcast. And today we're going to uh, continue with should people who are in prison have voting rights? Now, this is something that was a question that was brought up um, at town halls that were um, recently done on CNN. I think Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, and Buteig, um got asked the question should people that were in prison people like and i think the person who ever did it like included like the boston bomber which i think is like a terrible choice for this question and like like other criminals should they have the right to vote bernie sanders said yes kamala harris was kind of like what in the world and kind of like said i'll look into that and Boudeg was just like no and I, like no not at all. So that started a discussion among us, and I thought that it would be really good to discuss it here on the podcast. So, uh, and I think we're going to get a variety of answers. There's some people who think uh, absolutely not. There's some people who think, like, yes, they should, but only in certain cases, and some who think it should be yes in all cases. So, um, I'm going to start with you, Sergio, again. You said, what? what's your uh, answer on that? Right, Do you think so... that prisoners should <laughs> be allowed to vote in jail?
2: It's actually kind of funny because, like, I kind of changed my opinion as you were outlining the different options. So I'm thinking felony, right? I'm thinking like a convicted felon. I'm thinking manslaughter. I'm talking large distribution of drugs. I'm not talking about your petty crime. Okay. I'm talking someone that's committed a crime, like a felony, not a misdemeanor, and they're currently in jail. I'm sorry. I, I, (laughs) that's just part of the consequences. You did the crime, you do the time once they're out i think they should have a chance to regain their vote because like 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 when you go into prison prison you're dehumanized right um you lose your rights and there's a reason that happened i think nonviolent crimes should kind of be allowed cuz dude it's nonviolent they weren't hurting anybody it's like i mean like you know someone was stealing and and, uh, and doing uh, some uh, insider trading like really is that guy a threat to society i mean yeah but not in the way that he's like killing people um so I think for – I'm going to go with most cases. If you're still in jail, you should not have your right to vote.
0: Okay. Uh, Daniel, what do you think?
4: I mean, what Sergio says is compelling. I, I think that there's – I guess I thought initially when I heard this, I, when when Bernie Sanders just said yes, and I felt that was kind of bold. And it's like maybe we're not bold enough to stand up for our own democracy and to think that, that it should – it should be a, a robust structure that is, you know, the, the democratic right to vote should be something that is for all people. Um, or, or it should be something that is inalienable. There are people who will be guilty because they were, let's say, caught in New York City, they were arrested. Well, they weren't caught doing anything. They were arrested in New York City. They were sent to Rikers Island with no trial. They've been held up in Rikers Island for over a year and At times, it's better. It's times it's more. um, It's better for somebody to plead guilty than it is to try to fight the case that they can't afford, and they will be intimidated intimidated by the prosecutor, and they just plead guilty so that they can try to minimize the amount of jail time they get for not committing the crime. And I, I think that there are cases where people lose their right to vote without really having been given a fair trial and but besides that i i mean i just think i don't know i, I don't know if if um, your your um, right to, to participate in democracy should be associated with your um with your criminal um stuff
0: but i don't know i guess okay you know. all right so uh manny how about you
3: yeah i mean I agree with Sergio, I think that, you know, part of the freedom of being in the democracy is also abiding by the laws of the democracy. And if you can't abide by the laws, like then you shouldn't have the right or, or the privilege of still enjoying um, a democracy. And like, yeah, like, yeah, like if it's a misdemeanor, like Sergio said, um, you know, once those people serve their sentence or whatever, or like pay their dues, I feel that they should have the right to vote. But a person who's out here like raping people, uh, doing like domestic violence, attempted murder, like um, the gang stuff, I'm sorry, but like you shouldn't have the right to vote. Like know how to behave. Like why can't that person behave? You know what I mean? And yeah, I get it, people make mistakes, but like making a mistake that, you know, that's a pretty big mistake to make and something like that that like you should always pay the consequences for and if part of those consequences is not having the right to vote and like
0: oh well i don't feel bad for these people now there are countries i will point this out that there are countries and even states united states around the world that do allow their prisoners to vote germany i know they allow their prisoners to vote there are a couple more in europe i think canada allows their prisoners to vote as well vermont Um, as I think Alberto pointed out earlier, is actually one of the states that allows prisoners to vote um, as well.
5: So the United States is one of the most punitive uh, countries when it comes to um, disenfranchisement. Um, And it's also important to consider uh, history as far as uh, disenfranchisement um, of convicted felons. Um, One thing to consider too, and an argument to be made, is that in the past... Um, a lot of southern states uh, implemented implemented black codes um, which established like severe penalties for like petty crimes in order to convict um, those within the African American communities um, to prevent them from voting um, so there's an established uh, correlation between uh, convicting a felon um, for petty crimes in order to um, stop that population from voting. Um, another thing to consider is the idea that why do we put people in jail in the first place? Um, and a lot of people are of the opinion that we do it in order to punish them for uh, a crime or for for a deed that they've done in the um, United and States. I, I, right, correct and I do support that idea, especially when it comes to um, the extreme cases of of people who I believe cannot be reintegrated into a society. People like Manny mentioned, people who deserve to be um, locked up until, you know, for life, uh, for life sentences. Um, But when it comes to the general population, I would implement a policy that's um, similar to that of Germany's current policy, where the government has to petition um, the court in order to remove your right to vote. Um, So it isn't a standard for you to be removed from the right to vote, but it should be part of the the process of conviction to remove your right to vote. I I think that it's important to reintegrate people back into society. And part of that is telling them, hey, listen, you're still a citizen, and you still have uh, a voice within this country. If you want to um, be part of this discussion, or if you want to be reintegrated into society, here's what you have to do. Um, And completely removing those rights, which um, our rights by citizens, that uh, seems counterproductive to me. It's also, um, in my opinion, uh, immoral considering the amount of the, the high level of conviction rate within the United States. Um, like, I believe that we uh, account for like 20% of the world's population of convicted criminals. Um, and that's, that's crazy considering the amount of people we have um,
0: in, in comparison to the rest of the world to answer this question is whether or not prisoners should be disenfranchised, the view or the way you guys are trying to come at it is first, before you can answer that question, you first have to examine whether or not, um, how fair the system is, because if the safer for example, the system is a hundred percent fair, let's put it like the perfect system. Let's go for the perfect justice system. Say that all convictions are correct that no one goes to jail um, wrongly. They all go to jail for just time, whatever that may be. Um, let's go for that. Should they be allowed the like, right to vote? Yes or no?
2: Yes. Okay. No, no. no let me tell you why.
0: Well, no, before, you, right. before you go to the Pacific, Alberto. Um, I I would go yes as well. Okay. Sergio? All
2: right. Should they be allowed to vote?
0: Yeah. In a perfect system? No. Okay. Manny? No, and like even with the system broken, no. Okay, so so basically we are kind of split even even. All right, so in a perfect system, where voters, uh, where prisoners are, prisoners are not disenfranchised. So we're not going to disenfranchise voters. May, um, Danny and Alberto, give me your reasons for why you think prisoners should not be uh, disenfranchised in a perfect justice system. In a perfect justice system, I think. Where there are no convictions, well, unjust convictions.
4: Right, so then I think that um, in a perfect justice system, justice is is served um, with a chance of redemption. And I think that people who are bothering to vote are probably thinking about the greater good of society or probably thinking about other things. I think if you're a terrible person, you really don't care about anything around you. I don't see why you would vote anyways. And I think if you're actually interested in voting and voting for the right candidate for your country, you are somewhat thinking about how to create a constructive society around you and you are trying to be a better person in that fashion.
0: Okay. Um before we get to you, Alberto, Sergio, tell me why you think uh they should not be given the franchise.
2: And this is with a perfect system, right? This is
0: perfect system, like no one's is unjustly convicted. Everyone is there that deserves to be there.
2: All right. Listen, I, I don't pity people that have been correctly convicted. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I I'm I believe in firm punishment. Okay. And I view that like just from like a standard psychological point that there are consequences for your actions. If you're just basically on a grown up timeout with no consequences, I don't think people really understand why they're there in the first place. And mind you, this is with a theoretically hypothetical perfect system where everyone that belongs in prison is in prison so at that mm-hmm. point I don't see why we're still discussing it they broke the laws and they were correctly convicted so yeah okay. you don't get rights
0: okay uh, Alberto um, well there's
5: there's two issues with this conversation uh, first of all it's um, even within a perfect system you still have laws created by people um, and the laws that are in place are um, subject- subjective to um, manipulation. So within a perfect conviction system, um, you can mitigate a perfect uh, conviction system by creating unjust laws. Um, and I would also support um, and continue to reiterate uh, Daniel's point about the idea of um, reintegrating people into society. Um, now, this isn't to say that I don't support Um, people who do the crime that shouldn't do the time. I I definitely agree with the the sentiment that if you are a criminal, then you should be punished for that act. But I don't think that extends to your ability to vote. Um, I think your ability to vote is something that is um, a big part of what makes you a citizen. And it's a big part of what connects you to your community. Um, And I don't see the big issue with Having or giving the ability um, for someone who's been convicted for a crime, whatever it may be, um, to vote when it comes to the fact that they are just doing that they are represented, they're representing their um, beliefs and opinions on the political system and what 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 is the fear here that they're going to vote for somebody that does what supports convicts in, in what world will that um, candidate win
2: no, uh, I never claimed them. that though.
5: I'm not saying that you claim that, but I'm saying I'm coming to the conclusion that giving people the right to vote within the federal uh, within from a federal system for convicted felons um, doesn't have any negative consequences in my mind. They're still in prison. They're still doing their time. They're still restricted from movement. They're still not interacting with um, the rest of society and they're waiting for their chance to be reintegrated into society in many cases or in other cases are stuck in prison. How does that affect us in any way?
0: Mm. All right. So, uh, Manny, um, what is your opinion on this? Oh, you all, you actually already said your opinion. You said no. So, so why? Well, like, listen, like, I think the whole issue of it being a fair system, first of all, is a
3: separate issue. Um, just because it's not a fair system doesn't mean that, hey, all right, because it's not fair. You know, let's give people the right to vote. Well, I know, at, but uh, I, I kind
0: of wanted just to create like the the perfect system to evaluate the just this one issue because, like you said, it's a many multifaceted complex issue. Yeah. So Putting it where like, because one criticism that came up was that like people are sent to prison um, who may not be justly you know may not be convicted justly the man that did the crime. Um, so I want to create, at least for a hypothetical situation, mm-hmm. where everyone in prison is there because, justly. So they were convicted of a crime that they did. They're there for the, the right amount of time, so they're not being put in jail for far past what it sees, the crime that they did. Um, but in that scenario, you said, no, you still think that prisoners should not be given the right to vote.
3: Why? Yeah, like... Because they shouldn't. They committed a crime. This whole notion. And no, like, I'm not scared that they're going to vote for things that, like, or, like, that they're going to vote for someone that, like, supports a convicted felon. Just, like, you have to behave. That's the law of this country. That You know, like, it's, you know, the people who do these things should not give the right to vote. Like, this is the reason why I no longer call myself liberal. Because I feel a lot of liberals have gotten, like, softer than roses. Like, you know, like, there has to still be law. Like, what's next? Or are we just going to say, hey, there shouldn't be no, like, punishment for, like, any law that's committed? That's part of the that's punishment. A, a but, awesome but, but what do you think
2: that should... Wait, give him a shot. He has to talk.
3: Yeah, yeah, I haven't spoken in, like, 10 minutes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there has to be, like, you know, some sort of, like this whole notion that listen is it an unfair system yeah unfortunately and it sucks and this is something that um that that should definitely be fixed the fact that um for example like a black person for example like in my dorm hall that's selling weed gets first kicked um, kicked out the school and then put in prison while the white girl that says weed can stay here and keep selling drugs yeah that's a big unfair system that has nothing to do with with like voting rights like first of all the white girl should be with the black girl for the same amount of time for selling that i mean we of course like that's something i feel like it should not be big of a deal i'm just using this as an example or like attempted murder all right how we can switch like the crimes to attempted murder but i'm saying that like if you commit a crime that's big you have to pay the consequence. I don't feel bad for these people. And to be honest, in a way, like, they do use, like, their human sense. If you commit a crime that's disgusting, like rape, I'm sorry. Like, you shouldn't be, like, voting on decisions in this country. And, yeah, and yeah that person might vote for a person who, who might not be um, as strong when it comes to sexual assault. So they do have an impact on things like that. Like I don't know, I don't feel bad for these people. I think things like this is the reason why a lot of times, like, people like Trump get elected. Because listen, like, understand if that's what you believe, that's what you believe. But people need to not be so soft now and like, oh yeah, let's let prisoners vote. You know what? Screw prison. Like, let everyone commit any crime they want. Have everyone pay a fine. <laughs> listen, in some countries they kill people for you selling drugs. Like, go to the Philippines. Like, go to the Philippines and try selling drugs. Like, they'll kill you. That's, a, it most crazy that system.
2: Decrease, that's it a crazy system.
3: Of, that doesn't and decrease so, the rate of that crime being committed. It does. It, well, in the way it, it does. I sure it is. Ha- statistically well, well, that has, that's a separate but, issue from voting. Like, like even if it doesn't solve. solve Wait. No, yeah, it's exactly. not the same. Listen, there's. All I'm saying is that you commit a crime. You like you don't deserve crap. You deserve like, you know. Like, a lot of these people, yeah, do ask for forgiveness, but guess what? A lot of these people don't even care that they committed the crimes in the first place. So how are we going to know, too? Like, yeah, I guess based on what you guys are saying, the person who, like, in your heart is actually, you know, um, feel guilty about the crimes they committed, then, okay, like, that person might have, um, based on what you guys are saying— okay, like, then that person deserves, like, to participate in democracy. But how do we know that? What, are we going to have a, you know, psychological test if this person actually regrets their crime? There's people who can make crime and leave jail and, like, yeah, yeah, like, I almost killed a person. No, that's disgusting. These people shouldn't have the right to vote.
0: Okay, so uh, before it goes to anyone else, I'm going to say my piece. Um, I'm glad that you guys have... Um, on your own, drifted into two separate camps so I don't have to play the devil's advocate. That's the freedom, that's the greatness of the market. I love it. Um, I, uh, for me personally, um, I never thought about it before. Um, for me, it was just a given that prisoners did not have uh, the right to vote. You know, for me, it was like you were in jail, uh, and you know, the least of my problems was whether or not. I would be thinking about whether or not I would want to vote. It would be more like how I'm going to survive day to day in the prison. Um, so it actually got me kind of, it was a very interesting question that kind of got me thinking about uh, this, this topic about whether or not prisoners should be allowed to vote. Someone was someone made a good point in the, or, or at least I think it was a good point. You have to look more into it um, was that these prisoners, in uh, whatever county I believe that they're in, when it, I'm pretty sure they count it in the census too. They make up um, whatever – they make a part of that population. And that population is recorded in the census, and that census data is used in order to determine, like, the number of representatives for each state, you know, every so often when they have to go ahead. And, and so you're being counted as a citizen, but yet you're not given the right to vote. Um, does your right to vote end the moment you, cr- you commit a, a crime? Um, and if so, w- what else besides voting ends when you commit a crime? What other right guaranteed by the Constitution as a citizen? Because I think the only way you can take, remove the right to vote from someone, you also have to say at that point that they're no longer, in my mind, that they're no longer a citizen of the United States in order to remove the right to vote or participate in the the political system. So where do I land on this particular topic? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I'm still thinking about it. It's not something I ever thought of before, to be honest. Like I never, you know, that was just a given for me. So I never really considered whether or not like a prisoner in jail should should vote. Now I'm sitting here thinking about how would you even like you have to move the voting machines into the prisons and, all the other stuff, but Daniel, uh, go ahead uh, with your closing remarks. Yeah. Okay. All right. So,
4: I'm I'm for the right to vote for prisoners and stuff, but on the others. So, my closing remarks is just this. I mean, I I hear the opposite side. I understand um, that people who I understand the the, the overall argument that people who Commit crimes, forfeit their their privileges as, as citizens or their rights to vote. And they, when they commit crimes that high level crimes, they they are punished, including punished but by, by the right, you know, the right to vote and stuff. Uh, are not having the right to vote. And I understand that point, and I and I have heard it explained several times through Sergio and Manuel. I, I still think that. At least with how I think about justice, or how I think about sin, and stuff like that, at least the vi- the right to vote, I I, I I would keep it open because okay. it yeah it would just it's just a, there's redemptive quality to it. it. A person can start turning their life around
2: by bothering to vote.
0: Okay, um, Sergio.
2: No, I I remain unchanged. <laughs> like I, I'm sticking with it. I I think like, I think like people have the chance for redemption, but I think that occurs after serving the time. I think once you have like, once you start like showing too much compassion at the wrong time, it just kind of makes the justice system irrelevant. Because what are you really losing? However, I do think it was a fair point you brought up, Justin, with the whole bit about you know, do you forfeit your right as a citizen? Do you forfeit your citizenship when you commit a crime? And I think that's a really interesting subject that maybe we can explore at some other time. But that's it for now.
5: All right, Uh, Alberto? Right, so for my closing remarks, I would just uh, like to um, state that the level of punishment for a crime has no impact on that crime actually being committed again. Um, And it has no impact on a person committing that crime. What has an impact on um, crime rates is the level, the rate at which someone believes that they could be convicted. So it isn't the level of punishment, but um, how likely they think that they are to be caught. Um, so I also wanna say that within a system, um, within the criminal system, people are there um, and they're restricted from their rights as far as being punished for not being Uh, not being able to move uh, and being within the prison system. Um, So I'm in no way soft against criminals. I think that they deserve to be in jail. And I think that for the many crimes that have been mentioned before, um, they should stay in jail, but that doesn't remove them from the political process of being able to um, state their right to vote. And if you believe that their right to vote should be removed, then I think by extension, you also believe their right as a citizen should be removed. Because at that point, what um, constitutes what constitutes you as a citizen? Um, you don't have any freedoms and you don't have your freedom of being able to vote.
3: Mm, all right. Uh, Manny? Yeah. You know, like when I see a person like Bill Cosby, um, I don't see him as, yeah, I see him as a human being from not a non-Christian's perspective. I don't see him as a person. I don't see him as a citizen. I see him as a disgusting like animal. He doesn't deserve, to be honest, even a chance like, to be still breathing in jail. And that's all I gotta say. And, and I don't feel bad for him. I don't feel bad that he's ever gonna vote again. And I'm sure a lot of people agree with me as well as a lot of these, uh, that the Boston bomber as well. He doesn't deserve the right to vote, or even see sunlight in that matter, and that's why I think that, and that's why I can live with the fact that these people, like, don't have the chance to vote, and the fact that these people are not treated as citizens because because a person like that is so disgusting that, and for him to even be like, be called an American and be my fellow countrymen is an embarrassment so that's what
0: well, well I have to say that's that's okay okay um so uh for for me I'm gonna say that my thoughts on this um, whole process are still moving uh, I'm still thinking about both sides um, uh, I feel that it definitely brings into question what makes you a citizen and i feel that being a citizen in the united states definitely um being voting definitely makes up a part of that and to take it away from prisoners or not give them the, the chance to or or at least not have like a a process by which they can like appeal the fact that they can't vote or or fight that i feel um it's it's something that need to think about like i said it's something not something i ever thought about before um I'm not sure how often prisoners themselves think about it. I'm pretty sure they will welcome it. Um, Some, maybe some, maybe not so much, but um, yeah, I think there's definitely a discussion that I want to keep an an ear to the ground on and see like what people think, how I think. Um, But yeah, so uh, I want to go ahead and I want to thank um, everyone who participated today, especially for the lively debate we had on this last one. I thought that was going to have to be like the, a really hard line, like no guy to kind of compensate for everyone kind of agreeing. And it turned out that we got basically two camps to have a really good and lively debate. So I want to thank uh, Alberto, Daniel uh, and Sergio and Manny uh, so much for the podcast tonight. Uh, You guys out there listening, you can join in the conversation, too. You can email us at couchpoliticstalk at gmail.com and also politics couch on Twitter. Uh, You can reach us there. So, guys, that is the end of Episode 9 of Couch Politics.